blessings to each one of you this morning. I hope that's how you feel. Oh, wonderful, wonderful word of the Lord. The word that's going to endure forever. Why would we not base our life on it? I think we will if we truly believe that and understand it. And I'm thrilled that we can depend on his word forever to be there. I appreciated our Sunday school lesson and the last part of it. We didn't touch on much in our Sunday school, but Evan, I mean, Jeff, uh, touched on it here, and I appreciated his thoughts on that. I want to talk to us about peace. Now, as I look out across the congregation here, you look at peace. Um, I have no reason to believe that you're not at peace with God. I believe probably you are. However, um, sometimes, you know, we shake hands with people and we say, how are you doing? And they say, oh, real good. Or we're fine. Are we really? Sometimes, you know, and I've, I've, I've been sort of convicted of that because there are times that I don't feel completely at rest, maybe. I don't know what you would call, maybe not at peace. Well, it depends on your week, how it goes. And you might have encountered some things that are uh, not as pleasant and so I've gotten to the place where I try not to be untruthful about how I feel. Uh, I may say, I'm, well, I've had sort of a hard week. I struggled with some things. Uh, and, but yeah, we can hide a lot of things. So I want to talk to us about peace. And I believe, as our Sunday school lesson said, uh, the Lord himself give you peace. Uh, I believe it's the Lord's desire that we have peace, that we're at rest in him. And so uh, I want to look at some things that may uh, cause us to not have peace, maybe some encouragements that will draw us closer to God and will Give us the peace that we, we want, that we desire. The definition of peace in the dictionary is freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Now the world looks at, at being at peace as not being disturbed. You have things right, everything's going good. Uh, going maybe my way, their way, um, and then you, you feel at peace, tranquil, nothing really bothering you. However, I agree with Jeff here again, biblical peace is more than just the absence of conflict or a state of rest. Uh, it means a completeness a wholeness. Uh, it points to the presence of somebody else in your life. 
the existence of something else, and we know what that is. We know that it's a filling of God's Spirit, His presence. That's what brings us peace in our hearts, to know that God is there with us and that He will sustain us and keep us and draw us to him. Philippians 4, 7 says, In the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And I believe that's really the only place that we will find true peace. Um, we frequently meet people, and we talked about it in our Sunday school, how do we relate to people outside of the church, in the church, and is there a difference? And I think there may be. However, whenever I meet people in my business, uh, sometimes we, we know they're not Christians. Sometimes we know by their actions that they might be. And I often will ask somebody. Um, and I had a, a person, I don't know if I said this, here, but he was at my shop, and after we he dropped off a, a weed eater or something, and afterwards he just sort of paced around and like he wanted to say something, but he was having a hard time. And soon he said, Are you a Christian? And I said, Yes, I am. I am a Christian. And you know, it just opened a whole world of being able to talk because he met another Christian. And I found it very interesting. It was hard for him to ask me that. Uh, but now when he comes, we always have a conversation, most times about what the Lord's doing, what God's doing. Uh, so when I relate with people in our world, uh, whether they're members or not, if they're Christians, we have something in common we can talk about. We can, we can help each other. And so uh, we do meet those that don't have peace with God. And I believe we need to work toward uh, showing them by our life or what we have within us of something that is truly worth having. Do they see that? But I also think there are those in our churches that struggle with peace. Um, I know there are. Uh, do we really have the peace? I, like I said, God, I believe, wants us all to experience peace in our life. But uh, there are unfortunate happenings in people's lives, in our church people's lives, uh, that cause us to struggle maybe with peace. It shakes our faith. Um, and maybe people misunderstand us sometimes or maybe we misunderstand people or maybe even God's word to where God wants us to have peace. And while we think we're obeying the truth, um, Maybe we haven't fully depended on God like we should, and it leaves us with an empty feeling, uh, rightfully so. 
John 14, 25 through 27 says, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. He was talking to his disciples. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And he goes on to say, Peace I leave with you, my peace. I will give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus, before he left, he was assuring the disciples that he wants to leave his peace with them. He said, my peace I give you. And that can be our possession today, is the peace of God that rules our hearts and minds leading us into a true peace that we can have through the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Nowhere else will we find that peace. Not as the world gives, he said. The world cannot give us peace. There's always turmoil in the world, and I, we look at our world today, and it seems worse than ever. I was just talking to somebody that was at DMV, and, and they were many little stalls as you know how it is probably if you go to DMV and way down at one end uh, apart one was really um, disturbed about something and they uh, had to call in security to to straighten him out or get him to be quiet and it's uh, you know people are in, in turmoil so often in our world today and seems worse so how do we get this peace? How do we not let our heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid? If you like, you can turn to James chapter 4. I'm going to be looking at some things out of there. James talks to us about uh, peace and maybe some that didn't have peace. James chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. <clears throat> I may just read the first 10 verses here. From whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your own lust, that war in your members? Ye lust, and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your own lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be afraid, a friend to the world, is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. 
There are several things that I see here that could cause us to not have peace. Now we think about fightings among us, uh, and as we look at, uh, as I sort of checked into what James was talking about, I think the church here was, was uh, got the idea that they should not be, um, what's the right word? Uh, the Roman authority be over them, but they should uh, be able to be free and run their church as they want to without the Roman government uh, being a part of it or making themselves ruling over them. And so they actually, they fought, uh, literally. Um, and there was a lot of bloodshed because they were trying to reserve their rights of what they had in church. And so that is where um, James was coming from here is why do you have fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? They thought they should have something more than what they had from the Roman government. So they were literally fighting for it. Um, and he's reminding them uh, that they need to surrender to God. Without the surrender of God, we need to, uh, we, we will not find the way of peace. And so often we come to the place where maybe we don't look to God uh, as they were doing, taking their own way here, warring and fighting among them, uh, even with the world, and trying to get what they thought they should possess. Um, we sometimes may think we can handle it, or maybe we don't even think about it, but um, things don't go right in our life, and we come to the place where we don't think about God as much as we should. And we just try to, well, us men are very much to fix it ourselves, right? We just fix it. That's the name that we like to have. We're never lost in a, in a, um, when we're going places, we're not lost. We just don't know exactly where we're at. My wife, uh, gets amused at that, maybe a little bit disgusted sometimes because I'm not willing to stop and ask for directions. Um, I'll fight it out myself. And maybe we get that way in our own Christian lives to where we feel like we can handle it ourselves and we find ourselves pushing our own way, shoving our own way. And it might be to the hurt of other people in our church in our families, uh, wherever we might meet people. And so uh, let's not have fightings among us, things that would cause other people to uh, default or to not feel good about the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> um, often we, we treat those that we love the most the worst sometimes and 
I don't think we should. Um, James Wan talks about it. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to us liberally. Let's turn to God in those situations to where we can surrender to God and allow him to work in our lives. <clears throat> the people there, and maybe us, lust after things or desire to have things, and they were actually killing for it, and you don't obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. James was reminding them that we need to turn to God. We need to look to the Lord Jesus Christ as our, our place of support, our place of guiding us. The Lord is always very nigh to those that look for him, look for things from him. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lusts. I think if we think about that for just a little, uh, to a great degree, it comes down to uh, our focus, what we are focused on, things that we... Uh, uh, attitude that we have comes down to our focus and attitude about things. If we get to the place where we're not really taking in consideration others' feelings or wishes, but we, we look at it for myself and what we get out of it, it's not going to work very well. We need to ask God to bring us to uh, focus on Him and what he would desire in our lives. Things, uh, if we focus on God and the things of God through his word to guide us and to think about, that will bring security. It will bring rest to us if we rely on him. If we had to ha have an attitude of getting my way or doing it my way, um, a me attitude it's all about me and what I want not really taking in consideration of other people if we go toward that way and not the Bible way as the scriptures would instruct us we get slack in our reading and I think Making God a part of our life, surrendering to him, uh, a big part of that is reading God's word. And I know that we're busy people sometimes, and, and I didn't do so well when I was younger. As I get older and I slow down, I think maybe I do better at that. And reading God's word, making him a part of my life, uh, being able to see things in through the word that God brings to me 
take time to read the word. If we don't take time to read the word, we cannot grow spiritually in the things of God. And I think as we don't read the word, we grow weaker and weaker in our faith. Uh, so we need to bring about those things in our lives that we can. Spurgeon said, Now I fear that the comfort is misplaced in these cases. When we endeavor to cheer such people, I fear we may have been fuming over a wound which needs a sharp knife rather than a soft bandage, a keen lancet rather than a healing liniment. We might say we just put a band-aid on it and it does not need, it will not bring true peace. And I, I think as I think of Spurgeon's uh, words there, that seems harsh to me to bring a sharp knife um, rather than a soft bandage. And I think what he's saying, we need to come to the place uh, to where we submit to God. We want to do what God wants us to do. Submission uh, to God a hundred times, well, that's where we're gonna really find the true peace that comes from only him. And so as we deal with things in our life that might cause us to go astray or become slack in our life, we need to take action. We need to be vigilant in changing those things in our life and submitting to God. Submission often comes as uh, a choice between two things. And we must choose from those things. What does God say? What do we read in his word? What does he tell us? And obviously if we don't read it, we won't know. But as we experience things in our lives, and I find it this way, in my own as we look at things and maybe things don't go quite right or we struggle with things maybe that's where we turn to God more than other times it shouldn't be that way but we need to be constantly in the word that he can teach us uh, submission to his own will Many times, as we have the choice between two things, uh, when we think about submission, we need to take God's way. There is only one way, and that's God's way. The flesh in the world would offer you a lot of different things, as he says here. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And I think what he's saying there is, when we have a divided attention to God, uh, he's calling that adulterers, adulterers and adulteresses uh, of your relationship with God versus the world. We mix those things up. And I think often in the Old Testament, it talks about that you can't have the two. You have one or the other, God or the way of the world. And so the flesh in the world offers you many things that may be easier, but it won't bring peace. It won't bring contentment. It won't bring 
the things that we really desire in our life. <clears throat> and so we accept God's way and we go on. Often in the spiritual life and in scriptures, many places, Proverbs 6.20, also in Jeremiah 28, it says, And unto this people thou shalt say, uh, the Lord speaking to them, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. We have, we have two things there. And, of course, God would always have us to live the fullest and choose life, life in him. And I think as we look at our own lives and we consider, I don't know if any of you ever struggle with, are you really right with God? Is God really pleased with my life? I mean, that's a question to me sometimes. And I, you know, I want to be pleasing to God, and I know you do too. Um, but we need to answer that question. What is our spiritual condition? And is our submission to God? And we can know that we have uh, a life in Christ, and that will bring peace. Peace will prevail. Uh, that's an important thing. I was thinking about 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called, and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. Paul talking to Timothy. Uh, that's what we want to do. We want to fight that good fight of faith in Christ. Lay hold on eternal life. Make sure in our lives that that's where we're at that's where we're called to god has called us to have a good profession spurgeon says again never risk your souls for your souls are yourselves your real selves and nothing else nothing can make up for their loss if you lose your soul it will not be recompensed to have gained the whole world and as the scripture says, and lose your own soul. I think he's coming from that. Be careful then. Leave nothing insecure. Carefully measure and weigh every important step in your life. <clears throat> Consider, examine, lest being so near to the kingdom that you come short of it. Again, a, a scripture verse that is in uh, our scriptures. So we need to make sure that we are right with God. We're not taking part of the world in our life or having a mixture of the two in our lives. We need to be clean and clear before God. Also then, he talks about here uh, submitting yourselves therefore to God and then resisting the devil. Um, and he will flee from you. And we might ask the question, why should I resist the devil? And I think we all know the answer. Um, because he would like nothing else to bring us into an unpeaceful situation, uh, a sinful situation, 
uh, uh, failing in our lives, in our Christian life. That's what he would like to have. He certainly would want us to have that uh, a fail in our life. And so we are instructed to resist. And I guess we might ask the question, how do we resist? And I believe Jesus gives us a beautiful picture of resisting temptation as he did in the wilderness experience when the devil, devil tempted him many ways. <clears throat> And it was through the written word that he came against the devil and against the things that he tempted him with. And so he used the word in a, in a great way. And also in the garden, uh, he gave us an example of uh, prayer being a part of, of uh, our overcoming, the victory that we can have in Christ. He told the disciples, sit here and pray with me, lest ye enter into temptation. And so we have those examples of Jesus resisting and being able to overcome and gain the victory in which we're immensely grateful for today, that we have salvation because he was resistive of the devil. He did look at scripture for his way of fighting against the evil one. Then also Ephesians 6, 17, uh, we have the armor of defense to take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto all perseverance and supplications for all saints. It's not just for us, it's also for others. We have a, a, a duty to do as we come to church, as we come together. And I'm looking forward to Wednesday night as we get together, encourage each other in our faith. Um, many times it sort of seems to be surface things that we talk about and maybe never get into uh, things of scripture or encouraging each other, but I think being together and just sharing life together is a big encouragement to those that uh, live out the faith in their life. We can look at each other and maybe if we don't even say anything, it's encouragement to us to see a brother or sister that walks um, with the Lord and allows the Lord to work in their lives. It's a, it's a uh, inspiration to us and also encourages us in our faith and so we take the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit the word of God praying always uh, these are ways that we can overcome that we can have peace in Christ I was uh, interested that I found in Isaiah 59 17 he also talks about this armor he says for he puts on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head and he puts a garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak um, Ephesians 6 17 here is a very provocative uh, approach to resisting to the fiery darts of 
the evil one that wants to bring us into an unpeaceful situation in, in God. So we need to resist that. Committed to the infallible word of God. We sang about that. Oh, wonderful, wonderful word of God. It's just so absolutely wonderful to us that know the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's absolutely required of us as disciples. We are, when we are left to ourselves without God or without the word of God, struggles will begin. Uh, and sometimes we chafe at the word of God. Do we? Do we sometimes think we know better? As we look at our world today, and, and not just the world, the church, uh, it seems like people are chafing at the word of God. They no longer live what God wants us to. And so, in essence, what we're, we're doing is rebelling against God. The other thing is that uh, we apparently, I say we, if we don't follow the word of God, we think we can have a better way. We know better than God. I don't think so. And so uh, James here talks about us drawing nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Um, the nearer we get to God, the more uncomfortable Satan will be with our life. Um, of maybe being around us trying to draw us away from God so as we draw nigh to God as he says that he will draw nigh to you the closer we get to God the more comfortable and the more peaceful we will be in our life we need to draw hard uh, toward God always the greater that peace will be in our life as we be, uh, become closer to you and I think it takes time to come away from our busy life and to take time with God to draw closer to him and then he gives us another um, nugget of truth here is to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts uh, you double minded and, and here you know James might be going back to talking about uh, a friendship with the world rather than being completely clean with God you're trying to have the best of two worlds and, and we can't have that a double mind uh, Cleanse our hearts. Be pure in our hearts. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. There's where uh, we will gain our relationship with God is drawing near to him, purifying our hearts, um, not allowing ourselves to be double-minded in the things of God and the things of the world because the world will never give us peace ever. 
the world is enmity with God. Um, as we go back to uh, verse 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, uh, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. God hates those things that are of the world. There's absolutely no peace in, in that particular uh, way of life. <clears throat> Think about Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Also Ephesians 14, 21. For this cause I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height and to know that the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I believe that is where we will truly come to peace. Come to peace with him and be able to live for him and be able to share our faith with others in the world too. And then he, Jesus says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen. Here is where we get our encouragement. First John 2.17, The world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. When I think about the Word of God, when I think about living for God, giving our whole being to God, that's what's going to stand forever. The absolute worst mistake we could do is die without the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's many, many that uh, choose that way. And I believe we're here to let her light shine to share with the world around us that everything we do we love the lord and they should be able to see that in our everyday life i hope we're not just sunday christians where we don't share with others when we are outside of the church but that we allow that to work in and through us that people may be able to see. Let's have a song. <clears throat>